This is Masters of Dispute Resolution on PodClips. Masters of Dispute Resolution is designed to provide those involved in the mediation process with the views of the most experienced and accomplished mediators and others experienced in the process. Through our discussions, you will gain insight into how to address and overcome difficult issues and achieve more satisfying results in mediation. Your host is Len Levy, mediator and arbitrator with ADR Services, Inc., a leading alternative dispute resolution provider. Lynn litigated complex cases for more than 30 years and has been a mediator since 1998 and is a member of the National Academy of Distinguished Neutrals. He has been recognized as a super lawyer in alternative dispute resolution each year since 2014. And now your host, Lynn Levy. Thank you, Daryl. I appreciate it and welcome to our podcast. Uh, Today, we're going to be discussing a subject that seems to be an increasing problem in mediation perhaps reflecting society as a whole. Parties are becoming more and more polarized. And in mediation, this creates a a bit of a problem uh, because in order to resolve dispute, we have to to deal with this. And today we have Bob Friedenberg, who will help us understand how we can overcome that in the context of mediation. Bob is a full-time neutral with ADR services and uh, also a friend and colleague uh, on the ADR services panel with me. Bob has 38 years of experience in, uh, in the law, the last 18 of which he has been a full-time mediator arbitrator and discovery referee, and and also has acted as a special master. Uh, He's handled over 2,000 cases through his years of experience. And those cases range from large multi-party cases in in areas such as construction, with claims exceeding $10 million to smaller value cases in, in a variety of civil law areas. Demonstrating the the depth and breadth of his experience and and his effectiveness as a mediator, Bob is very much in demand as a neutral, uh, dealing with disputes in the areas of construction, real estate, uh, real property, professional liability, employment, insurance, business and commercial disputes, products liability, personal injury, and even civil rights. He's dealt with homeowners association matters. Uh, Many of his cases have involved parties taking extremely polarized positions. And he's going to provide us with insights on successful solutions to overcome such polarized positions, which impede impede the resolution of disputes. Bob, thank you for being with us today. And I, I, I first want to have the audience get to know you just a little bit better. Uh, they, there, are, there are a couple of things that, that are unique about Bob. One is that he is a former teacher and track coach. And first thing, Bob, how does that background, uh, especially that of a track coach, help you in uh, dealing with mediation issues? Well, 
first of all, good morning, and thank you for having me. And uh, that person you described sounds great. I'd love to meet him sometime. But um, <laughs> a track coach, that's that's dating me back to the late, uh, gosh, 1980, I believe. I didn't train any Olympians, but I was a distance runner, so I could run far because I wasn't that fast. But I had a, it was a small school, and I had people who wanted to do very different things. And I went to a clinic taught by these top-of-the-line track coaches. Somehow they sent me there. And I was able to learn how to uh, teach people things that there was no way I could do, like jumping a hurdle or high jump or a shot put. Uh, if I tried a shot put, it would probably uh, fall and break my foot. So when you've uh, you know, when you're in mediation sessions, uh, you know people are are can be polarized. They uh, aren't sure how to do anything other than fight and argue, and you sort of guide them through the process where they believe, okay, now I know how to do this a little bit better. I don't know if that answers your question, but uh, that's my line, and I'm sticking to it. Right, so so you you have to act as a coach in mediation. You are yeah. coaching the parties in in a number of respects. Can can you describe some of the respects in which you you coach those parties? Well, first, probably foremost, you're essentially for in a lot of cases uh, a negotiation coach. You know, we do this all the time, so we're uh, far more familiar with the process and the ups and downs and the nuances, and most people aren't, or they think they are, but they're not really. So we kind of will talk, whether it's two sides or 22 sides with each party, and figure out, all right, where are you, where can you go, what's the best way to get there, and kind of map out what happens, and they'll be surprised to see, oh, that's... that's that actually works, that kind of got us to our desired uh, end game. So um, that's probably the, um, uh, the, the most standard. Part of it is also thinking about or having the participants think about what does the other side want? Everybody knows what they want. What, what would make the other side be willing to uh, negotiate and do something? And it takes some time to look at uh, and think about what the interests are of the other side and how can you maneuver this process into having them be not horribly dissatisfied with an outcome. Any good settlement, everyone's a little upset. I like that. But um, that is another method people don't think that. Lawyers, in theory, are supposed to be thinking through those issues. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Well, when you talk about the interests of the parties, uh, that that seems to be a a theme that has been resonating with uh, very successful mediators uh, throughout the years, uh, ever since uh, and perhaps even before uh, getting to yes by Fisher and Urey. Uh, they they right. deal with the the interests and and interest based negotiation. Do you find that attorneys approach mediation 
looking at the interests of the parties or do they look at it in some other way that that might get in the way of resolution more often they don't uh, look at the interests of anyone other than, than, than themselves or their clients um, which is again why we end up having to coach these folks into doing that uh, they want to be correct. They want to be acknowledged that their position is the right one and the other people can pound sand or worse. And it takes a while to get people to uh, get past that and think about it and then they start seeing the results and they'll go along with the program. And attorneys can be, uh, I, at least my experience has been, uh, they range uh, in just as people in society in general range from the very uh, hard-headed to the uh, more receptive. Uh, have you found that, uh, that there is a general approach that the most successful attorneys have uh, in reaching optimum results for their clients whether are they more receptive to things or are they stronger advocates for their client or a, a mix of both i think it's got to be a mix and like everything that's what people don't like lawyers we all say it depends we can't really give you a straight answer but that's how it is depends on the case depends on the people on the other side uh, you get cases where people may have uh, may, may know each other and they've had dealings with each other and they're not going to be as big of a jerk as they could be. Um, I say that in jest. And we, we'd love to all the jerk attorneys out there. Uh, there are there there are some, but sometimes it's tactical. Sometimes they'll they know if they uh, slam their books down and start packing the suitcases, the other side gets nervous. So like I said, it's it's not really a one size fits all, but you can tell there are there are sometimes people who will who won't be themselves, and everybody sees through it, and they tend to do worse in uh, okay. mediations and negotiations than those who are just more genuine. Um, but eventually, again, being uh, receptive to ideas and wanting to uh, get to get to yes, I guess, is tends to work the best. And then quite often, well, those who are ready, if you're prepared, if you're, hey, I don't care if we settle, let's go to trial. That's no problem. Uh, a lot of times those people end up doing better and they resolve more often because a lot of times people, there are many attorneys or say insurance companies who don't want to go to trial and you know they, they lose that poker game so I could go on and on about that but I'll let you right. ask another coaching right question. the idea of of problem solving as a negotiation tactic or a negotiation style or tactic uh, is something that I'm hearing you say uh, might be the most effective way of, of proceeding, but uh, there are also uh, some some games that can be played even within that 
that problem solving matter is that is that essentially what we're talking about uh yes uh, depending on the case some cases are pretty uh pretty basic you know, or they're you get the same parties over and over again with just different case same subject matter and you're really not seeing the game playing type stuff uh in ones where either people don't know each other or it's just the personality of uh, typically the attorney. Sometimes it's the clients or uh, insurance people or business owners. Uh, they can be the ones kind of playing the games. My goal is to kind of herd those cats and get them to put down their uh, their rifle for at least a few minutes. Well, this morning we're we are chatting with. Uh with Bob Friedenberg. Uh, we're talking generally about solutions for overcoming polarized positions in mediation. And uh, when we come back, uh, we are going to be, uh, we're going to be talking about the approaches that attorneys take that are most successful uh, in polarized situations. Uh, this is uh, Masters of Dispute Resolution, and uh, we are on podclips.io. Masters of Dispute Resolution would like to thank ADR Services Incorporated, your partner in resolution, and its founder, Lucy Barron, for supporting this podcast. ADR Services is one of the leading providers of alternative dispute resolution in California. Leveraging technology to drive resolution, ADR Services is committed to dynamism in the face of growing client need and an ever-evolving legal climate. Now operating offices in all major legal markets of California, ADR Services provides unparalleled in-person and remote resolution services through its exclusive panel comprised of more than 130 of the most distinguished and talented neutrals across the state, capable of handling challenging and complex mediations, arbitration, and other procedures in every field of law. When you seek the services of a neutral and you want results and satisfied clients, contact ADR Services, www.adrservices.com. All right, we are, we are back and now uh, again, resuming our conversation with Bob Friedenberg, uh, expert, uh, mediator and uh, neutral and uh, who's talking about attorneys and approaches in mediation now let's let's focus for a second on on really polarized situations i mean there there have been situations i've seen as a mediator where the attorneys have said in advance don't put these guys in the same room they're going to kill each other uh, so that seems like a fairly polarized situation going into it. Even I picked up on that. So uh, how do you deal with those kinds of situations? And how, I mean, more importantly, at this point, how do attorneys most effectively deal with it beyond saying, don't put these guys in the same room? Typically... It's the clients who are the ones who might have trouble with each other. For example, a, a homeowner and the contractor who were in uh, a battle royale. And um, I actually had a case where a, a contractor started having an affair with the homeowner and then broke up, and then they were still working that. And the contractor's business partner was his spouse. They were all there at the mediation. It was a little bit charged, and definitely we didn't want them in the same room, even even on Zoom. More often, it's the attorneys 
who will uh, take the lead with their clients because they're, they're the ones with the relationship and work with them and most often and you can either do it in person it's almost easier on zoom is to move people from room to room and I tend to do things through the attorneys and then have them talk with their clients uh, to avoid the highest conflict type situations so that's one way that uh, we, can, we can get that to happen I tend to use humor uh, at times when it's appropriate sometimes when it's not appropriate but most often when it's appropriate and try to break down some of the people's defenses I also happen to be a sports nut so if anybody else is um, we can sort of switch the conversation a little bit just to get people a little more relaxed and once that happens and once you start making a little more progress people get into it and sometimes they forget that they hate the other person on the other side and uh, they realize they want to get done. I went through a divorce, and one thing I say a lot of times is, do you want to still be married to this person, or do you want to be done and have a resolution where you don't have to see them anymore? A lot of people understand that, unfortunately. <laughs> right. Well, there are, there are mediations that take place uh, that... Uh, have certainly the element of the parties never going to see each other again. And there are those that uh, the parties have somewhat of an ongoing relationship or can't avoid the seeing each other. Uh, do, you, um, do you find that the, the situation, well, certainly the situation where a business partner is having an affair with the a party in, uh, in the other room's wife is going to create a, a, a major, a major issue. Uh, but do you find there, there is a, uh, a different approach that you can take where there's going to be an ongoing relationship or, uh, on the, on the other hand, where they're never going to see each other again, period? Well, clearly, if they're going to have an ongoing business relationship, that's going to affect what sort of resolution um, you can get to, as opposed to, um, you know, we're never never going to see each other again, you're never going to come into my house and put your dirty hands on my uh, nice bathroom towel, anything like that. So... I mean, with the business relationship that will be going, you want to work out a, a kind of resolution that uh, would promote kind of both sides doing well. I remember years ago litigating with a case where one of the, the resolutions was that there was going to be a payoff, but it was going to be in credit to my client who was going to keep buying products from this giant turns out it was a floor covering manufacturer and then they just kept doing their business they had a dispute they fought about it and then they um, they, they marched off into the sunset together continuing to buy and sell with each other so those are the kinds of the kinds of things you can do again it's uh, probably the majority of cases they're not going to be staying uh, uh, business partners, I guess, whether it's uh, a retailer and a producer, that sort of thing. And 
you're just working at a resolution and a release, and we'll never see each other again and go on our merry way. And people can see that that's, that's an outcome. And again, you don't have to be locked in a case with them anymore because there's going to be a deposition. There might be a trial. Those are things people would rather, most people would rather not do, no matter how tough they act. Well, it, it, it sounds uh, to me like there are, there are tools that you can use when, uh, depending on the situation, depending on whether there's going to be an ongoing relationship, depending on whether this is a one-and-done kind of situation, such as uh, in an auto accident. Uh, there's, there's, they're never going to see each other again uh, and hopefully never meet at the same intersection. Uh, so there, there are uh, there are different different approaches that you that you need to take. We are right now uh, going to take an, another break, uh, and uh, at this point, uh, I am chatting with uh, Bob Friedenberg, and Bob is uh, Bob is our guest on the Masters of Dispute Resolution on Podclips.io. Uh, when we come back. We are going to be talking about advice that Bob might have for attorneys in preparing for mediation when you have a polarized situation in development. We'll be back. Masters of Dispute Resolution would like to thank ADR Services Incorporated, your partner in resolution, and its founder, Lucy Barron, for supporting this podcast. ADR Services is one of the leading providers of alternative dispute resolution in California. Leveraging technology to drive resolution, ADR Services is committed to dynamism in the face of growing client need and an ever-evolving legal climate. Now operating offices in all major legal markets of California, ADR Services provides unparalleled in-person and remote resolution services through its exclusive panel comprised of more than 130 of the most distinguished and talented neutrals across the state, capable of handling challenging and complex mediations, arbitration, and other procedures in every field of law. When you seek the services of a neutral and you want results and satisfied clients, contact ADR Services, www.adrservices.com. We are back with Bob Friedenberg. Um, Bob, you have had a great number of cases you've dealt with, well over 2,000 cases, and you've pretty much seen it all. Now, when you go into a, a mediation or when you are about to go into mediation, you, you review whatever the parties have submitted to you, perhaps briefs. Uh, do, you, do you talk to the attorneys prior to the mediation session in a, in a separate private phone call? Typically I will. If it's a, a complex multi-party case that goes over time, I don't usually need to. I'll, uh, uh, we know what the issues are and you know, we talk about it periodically as things go. But for uh, individual cases, yes, I'll try to talk one way or another, try to communicate with people besides a brief and just get a heads up on what the issues are and um, any any problem areas such as um, people having affairs with each other or whatever it might be um, to be prepared for that. I may uh, argue back with them about the benefit of at least for a couple minutes, whether it's especially on Zoom because that's easier being all together just to kind of go over the ground rules and 
sometimes people realize, oh, I'm, I'm again in Zoom. I'm on a screen with this person, but I'm not in the same room with them, so it's fine. I don't have to be uncomfortable, and those things will help. But yes, I try to get those issues out there and uh, try to make sure that the people, the participants, will share their you know their best pitch with the other side. A lot of the, the, the trend now is all these briefs are confidential, and I'll tell people persuading me might be interesting, but you want to persuade the other side. So give them your best shot uh, without any uh, name calling or anything, but just um, let them simmer for a while where taking a look at what your positions are and if they have something, if it's uh, insurance people, they have to re- it's got to be reported to them and uh, we don't have to spend the first hour or two talking about what the positions are we can hit the ground running I tend to be more of a you know, business like approach and you know, let's start talking bucks as quickly as we can uh, that makes it easier if people have shared the issues and their arguments with the other side. Well, what what advice would you give to an attorney going into, and, and let's, let's use an example. You, you do a lot of construction work, uh, construction cases, those, those kinds of disputes. I know you're very right. familiar with, with surety bonds. You're familiar with liability policies and all of those types of things that get involved, uh, that become involved in in construction disputes. And uh, some of those situations, especially when they're involving homeowners who've had their houses worked on, uh, can get pretty heated. In preparing for a mediation, what advice would you give attorneys in terms of of what they should do to to prepare. How should they prepare their client? How should they approach mediation? Do you give them coaching on that during that uh, er, those earlier phone calls? Uh, not too often. Most of the people who appear before me have uh, are, are more than just rookies. But at times, it's a matter of you know think truly understand what the other side's claims are. Like, for for example, you have a, a contractor who wasn't paid a lot of money on a giant home uh, construction, whether it's a remodel or new, and then they sue, and then the homeowner gets an attorney, and then they cross-complain for ten times that amount, and they're real bitter because their house may leak like a sieve. So it's a little bit understandable. But think through in advance, you know, what are what are going to be the problems? I got a case right now where there's massive insurance problems on the contractor side, uh, some mostly through no fault of the contractor, and but that's going to that's going to affect what an, an ultimate outcome might be for someone who feels aggrieved. But if you can talk to your clients and make them aware of all those things. And I'll still have to get involved and explain. You, know, you kind of go through reality testing. You, know, you can uh, get to a nice piece of paper at the end of a long trial with all the stress that goes along with it. There's nothing to collect. Uh, 
the bad guy rather than uh, the attorney being the bad guy or that woman in that in in either case. So those are probably the most important things, especially if it's a, a an actual real person who's got a real job or just a you know a homeowner or a plaintiff in an auto case that sort of thing. You've got a, right. same thing like in an auto case and bad injuries but crappy insurance and uh, no excess right. out there no umbrella policy you've got to temper the expectations and the more you can do that with the client going in the less time and effort you're going to have to spend during the mediation to uh, adjust those beliefs you recognize the the differing roles that uh, that we have to, as mediators, uh, recognize, such as the attorney wants to appear to the client to be a strong advocate for the client's position. Uh, and you are going to, uh, if I'm understanding you correctly, take the role of the agent of reality. You're going to inject the reality and allow the attorney to do uh, and, and to appear as a strong advocate so that the client has has confidence in that attorney, and and that's uh, that's, that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, it's real important that the uh, the the client not think the attorney is selling him or her out, and even if they they're not really selling him out, but they may recognize the limitations of what they might be able to uh, to, to do in any particular case. So I tell them uh, if there's if they want, or I'll ask the attorney, uh, do you want me to be the harbinger of the bad news, or do you want to do that? Or I can do it, and then you can talk right. with the person about it. And, you know, I I practice as an attorney. I tried cases. There's righteous indignation that attorneys will show and looks like they're ready to explode when uh, they're, they're doing it for effect. Uh, that happens all right. the time. So... Yeah, I'd I'd rather be. Again, you're not really the bad guy, and I think you develop a, a rapport with the participants in the case. That hey, this this person is not trying to sell me out or help one side or the other; just trying to get a deal done. But um, is the one providing what the the reality of the situation might be, and talking about how how terrible that may be and how unfair it is. But here we are. So that's a, that sometimes the attorneys will say, no, 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 I'll, I'll, I'm okay with that. And again, it's, uh, it varies depending on the case and the relationship between a particular attorney and, uh, and the client. Bob, we're, we're just about out of time, but I, I want to just ask you one more question, and that is, what gives you the greatest satisfaction as a mediator? Before I do that, by the way, Len Levy, who's asking me these questions, is a hell of a mediator and a uh, hell of a guy. So I thank him for allowing me to be on that. So aside from just being on a podcast with Len Levy, which is truly a great <laughs> satisfaction, is... Bob always had a sense of humor. Always, always. Okay. <laughs> once, in a, once in a while. Going through a long day, having histrionics from attorneys or clients, and then, as predicted, a lot of times, hey, nothing really important happens till 4 o'clock, and... At 4 o'clock, almost on the nose, people start working back and forth, 
uh, doesn't uh, an, an ultimate result doesn't have to be necessarily what I might have predicted going in based on reviewing the positions of the parties, but seeing something done, getting signatures. I tell people I'm sort of the Jewish mother uh, approach to settlement, so I'm keeping you there until everybody signs and we can get something done. And then having it be over with. On Zoom, it's a little different. I'm not shaking hands anymore with people as they go or walk onto an elevator. But um, I see them in the uh, rooms talking with each other, uh, talking with the attorneys, and I'll pop in. And there's that definite feeling of relief when a, when a tough case settles from all the participants. The attorneys may not get to bill that much anymore, but the clients are definitely happy about it. And attorneys know, hey, I did a good job for my client. I'll get more business that way rather than taking it all the way to trial. And that, to me, is satisfying. And uh, seeing those uh, that dismissal of the entire action with prejudice that I tell people to send me a copy of it when the case is over. Bob, you are a real gem. People who have not mediated with Bob have missed out on a uh, just spending time with a, a just a marvelous human being, a very entertaining person, and... Uh, we could disagree on, on on some things, like the best baseball team to root for. But uh, but Bob, uh, it was it was great great talking with you. And, and as we wrap up, how can uh, listeners contact you to to learn more about you, your practice, and and how how they can get you to mediate a case for them? I, I work through ADR Services. I have a case manager. His name is Hayward Cho. You go to ADRServices.com, and you can find me on there, and that'll have all the contact information. I was independent for 18 years, so if, uh, people just cut, might contact me directly because my uh, email's on there. A lot of times I can just uh, talk with them about scheduling if there's openings at some point. Um, and uh, if, if the, the case is appropriate, I can give them some of the information. Um, the phone number for the case manager uh, I'm in San Diego but I work cases all over the state is uh, 619-233-1323 don't write it down it's online Th- thank you Bob and and look as we as we wrap up uh, I I really hope we can have you back as a guest a- another time and uh, and I want to thank D- Daryl Wayne our, our engineer Mark Allen our producer uh, I'm Len Levy, and this is Masters of Dispute Resolution on podclips.io, powered by Infogen Labs, Inc. Stay well, keep listening, and remember, peace of mind is enhanced when conflicts are resolved.